You know, I swear to God, I think that these little bite-sized candies are the work of the devil. Uh, probably. Yeah. Or if not him, one of his henchmen. Hey, boss. Hey, hey, boss. I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Tiny little Kit Kats for the kids. <laughs> 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 Uh, hey, uh, should we just should we just go? Let's just go. Okay. Can we go? Yeah. Let's should we do go? It. Can we go? What are we waiting for? All right. So it's uh it's uh hey it's episode seventy nine of On Taking Pictures. Uh, we're a weekly podcast talking about photography. Uh, we talk about uh well, all kinds of stuff, don't we? Sometimes uh, even photography. <laughs> Sometimes photography comes up. <laughs> My name is Jeffrey Storrs from FadeAndBlur.com, and with me the uh, the pre Europe fancy. Bill, Bill Wadman. <laughs> yeah. you, you're counting down. You're literally hours away from getting on a plane to... Now, where, wait, where do you fly into? Do you fly into Rome? Where do you uh, fly? Flying into Venice. Into via, Venice. Via Paris. Via Charles de Gaulle. Wow. But... Um, Fancy. Yeah, and then out of Rome and to New York via Amsterdam on the way back. <clears throat> wow. Look at you, world traveler. Well, yeah, but I have all of, you know, an hour and 10 minutes in each of these places. So. <laughs> that is true, because that's the way you vacation. <laughs> well, I know I meant an hour and 10 minutes in, in Amsterdam and Paris. In, uh, yeah, in the other places. You know, Venice tomorrow is supposed to be raining, which is great. Because, you know, yeah. the one place you want it to be raining really hard is the place that's actually on water. Yeah, um, yeah that's, a, that's a good time. But, um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We have, you know, we have a buddy of ours staying at our house. Um, Keeping an eye on the plants and uh, and uh, watching Star Trek Voyager on the big screen. Nice, but uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Um, I'm okay, looking now, forward the, to the, the big question on yes. everyone's mind because everyone's talking about this. Literally, everyone yeah. is talking about this. Uh, which camera are you talking? I haven't decided yet. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I to God, really I leave decided. in four hours, and both of them are sitting here next to me. You're like eeny, meeny, yeah. meeny. It's it's almost that bad. Okay, so so uh, we'll we'll get to a little uh, a shooting experience that you had over the weekend with some listeners that, yeah. that may or may not affect your decision. It's true. Okay, maybe we should just talk about that now. You want to start there? Well, I had uh, so Chris Connors, listener, well, friend of the show, friend of the show. He's now officially right. a friend of the show. <clears throat> I would hope so. Uh, invited owns a restaurant down in Lambertville. Um, and that's in Jersey, yeah? That's in New Jersey on the New Jersey uh, um, PA border. <clears throat> and uh, invited uh, anybody on the group who wanted to come over on Sunday. So there was like a dozen people came. Man, I wish I could have been there. And, uh, you know, we ate some food and we went for a photo walk and uh, took pictures of each other and of the scenery. And it was fun, yeah. A bunch of us were down there and it was a good time. Um, what, what I liked about it most is, is the fact that they were all coming up with old jokes. Nice. Without even me, me prompting. Nice. Yeah. Like I'd say something and they'd make a Jeffrey's <laughs> old joke. And I was like, that's genius. <laughs> hey, uh, you guys are all dicks. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, but it was a good time. But you know, I brought the, uh, the little, the little thing, the, uh, uh Fuji. The X100S. And there you go. That is the one. And um, I got 102 pictures before the battery died. Huh. 
that's not good. That's now were you, were you using the LCD a lot or? It, I mean, I was chimping doing? a little bit. And I was changing settings every once in a while, and a couple of people played with it for thirty seconds, you know. But still, you should get more out of that than one hundred and fifty or one hundred and two pictures, yeah. right? And so I have one. I have two batteries. I have like one battery and one spare. Now I'm like, oh man. Now I'm worried that two batteries won't get me through a day. If I take 200 pictures in yeah. a day, you know, I mean, that's a lot for me, but huh. I don't know. It's just, it's just, so I'm a little, that's my main concern with using the Fuji. But the files are gorgeous, aren't they? The files are really nice. And I would actually really just shoot JPEG, you know, it's just a little thing. But now, um, if you, if you took your Mark three, would you also shoot JPEG? No, if I took the Mark three, I'd shoot raw. Huh? Um, Why the difference? Because I never shoot JPEG in the Canon, and I just I'm just not used to how those files look with JPEGs. Like I don't I don't trust the JPEGs in the Canon, even okay. though I'm sure they're I'm, they're fine. I'm not right. you know right. But um, if I was shooting Canon, I'm so used to messing with those files that I would I would shoot it like I shoot the Canon. I'm uh, I'm leaning towards the Fuji. Let's just say that. Now will will you will you keep it when you get back or? Do you think you'll sell the Fuji when you get I'm going to sign it with a permanent Sharpie and sell it on eBay for more than I paid for it. Good idea. <laughs> I'm really not going to do that. Of course, he will sign the LCD on the back with yeah. me. <laughs> um, hey, so uh, you missed, you, not only did you miss the OTP get-together, the meetup, which, by the way, we're going to have another one when you come out here. Yeah, I, I I will guarantee you, you all had a much better time than I did. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll get to that some other time. Yeah, um, you also missed the Photo Plus show. Oh, that. Uh, yeah, you know, which look, I am not a photo. What would that be? A convention? Yeah, expo, expo. convention, yeah, something like that. Sure. So it's at the Javits Center, which is the big uh, convention center here in New York, and um, I got myself a ticket. Uh, thanks to a friend of mine. Thank you very much. You know who you are. And um, I went I, I went to walk around the floor and just see the gear, which is, you know, always just like, hey, what new stuff is out there that I'm unaware of? <clears throat> I know what's out from the big companies. But, you know, some of the smaller ones are some things that you never get to get your hands on because you don't go all the way to B&H to play with random stuff. Sure. Um, so it was it was fine. I met the guy who runs Fotech, the uh, the soft lighter company. Sure. And I went up to him. And he's like this older guy, and I said, you know, I just want to let you know that I love your products, and I tell everyone I know to buy them. And nice. He was like, he was like, thank you. That means so much. <laughs> they're they're really they're really good. I love the soft lighters. Yeah, they're beautiful light. Yeah, they did they do it for what they are. They're amazing, and for the price and everything. Yeah. Um, and I met the I met the uh, guy from ISO I talked to, and I'm going to get a review unit, uh, which is kind of cool because um, I need a new monitor. So I mean, it was. Uh, well, is it going to be a 4K or what are you? Well, getting? you know what? It's funny. I said to him, I said I'm looking to get, you know, the the 27, and he said, Oh, well, we have a new 27 coming out. And, oh, and but, I, but no, no more detail beyond that. Well, no, and I I said, you know, what's the difference? He said, Oh, he LED backlit. Nice. Which is interesting, okay. which is yeah. sort of news. Because um, they've always been fluorescent up to Yeah, point, because, yeah. you know, it's the gamut, right? But apparently right, right. they've got the LED backlight down to, so the gamut's good still, huh. uh, which means it'll be instant on, you know right, what I mean? And it'll, right. it'll be thinner, and it'll be smaller and lighter, uh, use l- less power. Um, so it, it does that and that kind of thing. So he says, you know, y- you might want to wait a few weeks for that one, and you can get that one. And I was like, okay, that's good. Um, 
and I said, what about, uh, what about 4K? You got any higher res stuff coming out? And he said uh, that there's stuff in the works f- primarily uh, pointed towards video people. And I was like, dude, yes, video. video people need 4K to do 4K, like whatever. But a lot of people want high DPI displays. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that to him, but I was kind of like, you're primarily pushing it towards video people. You know, so I know a lot of photographers who would kill for a consumer. pro 4K. Yeah. yeah, professional, but like video pro for some reason. You know, I don't know if it's the frame rate issue or yeah, I don't know. Huh. So it'll be interesting. Um, but that was all good. So you know, going to the floor that's that's half that's half the fun. And I usually I go and I you go to these uh, the talks like the little you know uh, conversations and panels and whatnot. You know that sure, kind of thing. Sure. You like going to those things? Uh, I like going to the smaller ones, the ones where you're in like the big room with you know. 1500 people 2000 people I don't know there has to be really something special on stage for you to feel engaged yes yeah I, I Other, otherwise you just feel like you're watching like an Amway presentation or something well you know and so I go to this one called uh, it was all about censorship in photography mm. and I was like okay that sounds interesting See, that pan- would be interesting panel yeah. discussion yeah there's room Jeffrey for 250 people in the room right there's four people on the panel plus the moderator. There are seven people in the audience. No shit. Really? Seven people. Oh. Like to the point where. Why the, is that not an issue? It, it literally is an issue that, that affects everybody who's taking pictures. The moderator came down and shook everyone's hand and introduced himself to everyone. So we're all on a wow. first name basis before it started. Right? Wow. That's kind of depressing. Yeah. To be well, honest why was you. it empty? Because across the hall was. Lightroom for wedding photographers, how to uh, take your business to the next level, you yeah, know, or some yeah, yeah, yeah. equally okay. ridiculous thing. Right. Um, wow. That's really disheartening. Yeah, it was disheartening. Huh? That's not just me, right? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that's a big issue learning about protecting your work and, and where the lines of fair use exist. Oh, it was censorship, not copyright. Oh, okay. Censorship. Okay. Which, which was still, no, it was totally. And you know what's interesting about that? Oh, by the way, speaking of just a quick aside on, on the copyright issue, the Federal Copyright Office had a booth there. Come really? and ask, ask us questions. We'll answer them. Huh. Which I thought was actually that's, pretty that's cool to go cool. on the yeah. floor. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the censorship thing, these people get up and are discussing all the stuff that we've talked about before, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. including this one woman who took photographs of her daughter like once a month for like seven years. And uh, had a show of them, and they were very much um, documentation photographs, right? You know, the light was very flat, right? You know, it was that sort of look, that 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 Nan Golden kind of on camera flash look, right? And uh, apparently, they they were shown at the I think it was the Tate Modern in in London, and this series was taken down. Because from the Tate, yep. Before they sh- before they opened the exhibit, because they were worried about obscenity laws. Because really, one of the pictures of the girl was when she was like six or seven, and she's naked. Okay, well, the, the, the photos that we that we mentioned last time, right? This is this uh, is this is like that, but this is this is literally just naked seven year old girl standing there looking at her mom taking a picture. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, weird, weird. And and it got, and so I raised my hand, you know. And of course, they were like, "Yes, Bill," because we're all on a first name basis, <laughs> <That's> right? <laughs> Listener number six. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> thanks. The, the moderator was Bill too, so I was like, "Thanks, Bill." Um, yeah. <laughs> and we and we brought. I brought up the whole thing. I said, "You know, do you think it would be different if it was a male photographer, or if the girl was fifteen and it was her boyfriend who was sixteen that took the pictures, or you know, it was a fifty-year-old yeah, guy?" Timelines, like, age and gender, and even sexual orientation. You know, is it right. less of an issue if a gay man takes a picture of a naked girl because he's not interested in it from a sexual point of view? Right, like, right, I, right. Who knows? Um, and, and where was the discussion taken? And they said those are all amazing points. The, you know, like yes, those are all true. And we were talking about the Sally Mann stuff. Right. Um, so it was just interesting that there are other people having similar discussions to the stuff that we talk about. Um, and one of the guys was from the Wall Street Journal, and and you could argue that he was the only sort of um, not right wing but right wing guy in in, in the discussion. Um, much more conservative than everyone else. Yeah, and and one of the one of the artists was this kid who was a uh, a vet who was very upset about the idea that the NYPD was going to start using um, uh, 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 drones. Right. They apparently have requested the FAA to allow them to use drones mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. New York, and uh, he was very upset about this. So he came up with this art project where he replaced bus stop sign, like the, the, the signage, you know, for like movie posters and stuff. Right. Right. These, at, at the shelters, the bus, bus right. shelter. Yes, things. exactly. With yeah. fake NYPD posters with like basically drone silhouettes, like shooting people in the street. Right. Right. Propaganda. Yeah. And he got arrested. They found out who he was. He got arrested and the, he got arrested for posting them. <clears throat> yeah. To put the, putting them up on in the wow. streets. Yeah. Wow. And uh, apparently the guy who arrested him said, you know, you've pissed off a lot of very powerful people and they're not going to let you get away with this. Wow. Dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, dark. Yeah. Right. And, wow. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, he's telling the story. And, he, you know, at the beginning of the story where he's like, oh, I was a veteran. I was like, OK, yeah, yeah, get on with it. What did you do? You know, what are you talking about? i uh, not realizing that he himself was an artist and then he was going to get into his art. Wow. Um, so he got arrested and, and like it's costing him tens of thousands of dollars in legal fees and he's had whatever, you know, the, whatever. The are, they, are they trumping up the charges just to sort of make an example? Of oh, him yeah. it was like it was 15 years in prison. He could, he's he's what? up for him, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and so but the, so the, meanwhile, Banksy's making millions. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, one of the points they made, though, is that this guy apparently got a lot of press when no one knew who he was. But then mm. once he got arrested and it was public knowledge who he was none of the reporters would take his calls really that for for fear of being associated with him i think it was just he's no longer interesting because he's a known quantity if banksy was suddenly jeffrey sidoris is banksy as cool if he's just jeffrey sidoris you see what i'm saying no no well the answer to that is of course yes but you 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 see what i'm saying though right (laughs) yeah if if he's joe schmo then he's just joe schmo he's not like the mythical banksy you know what i mean right 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 um so it's it's uh, it was that was an interesting discussion. So the guy from the Wall Street Journal says, you know, the thing is, you sit here and you talk about um, the censorship, but you are only here. You only made your point. You were only successful as an artist because that line is there for you to cross. Right. You know that like if 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 it was a free for all, he says you can put anything you want online. If you put that online, you would have gotten how much like press and whatever notoriety. He's like none. He goes exactly. So you required there to be a, a line in society that you had to cross. And yes, you're paying for crossing it. And yes, I don't think you should go to jail. 
but you knew that line existed and you did that because you knew there was risk there, mm-hmm. but it was that risk that made it interesting. Okay. So I'm, I'm looking at one of the posters right now. Oh, you found them. At, yeah. Yeah. What's the uh, guy's name? Here, hold on a second. Paste that in there. Okay. There you go. Uh, what is his name? Isam Atia? Yeah, I think that's him. Okay, so uh, if for for those of you listeners who aren't uh, familiar with these, there's a it's a blue background, uh, and there's a silhouette of a drone. I'll put with, it in the show notes. Okay, with a like a missile uh, homing in on a a family running a silhouette of a, a family running, and it says yeah. NYPD drones. It doesn't say actually; it reads, but yeah, it's just so uh, yeah. You you could see how they would be pissed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know what. The NYPD is not planning on using drones with, with Hellfire missiles on them. <laughs> I would hope not. So this is a little bit of a, a push, right? Sure. But, I mean, I don't want drones over New York either, but, you know, whatever. Um, well, I, well, I wonder what the – logistically, is it advantageous? It must be. More advantageous to use drones than fixed cameras like they do in London. Uh, they're doing that too in New York. Hmm. Uh, but he, so one of the points that he made, uh, the, the wall street journal guy, who's I'll find his name. Um, he's, you know, he said the thing about there needing to be lines and he said, you know, people are pissed that they say you can't take pictures different places, you know, Oh, you're not allowed to take pictures here or whatever. He says, you know what? To me, I'd rather people not be allowed to take more like pictures in museums and stuff that allow it. Cause it's like, everyone's just sitting there with their cell phones all the time, like taking right. pictures, you know? Right. So his argument was like, this is better for society if, there are some limits. Yeah. Imagine you know. if it was okay to film movie theaters. Right. You the, know, people be sitting there with their phones. Exactly. And- the problem becomes is like when you can't take a picture on the street because it's, you know. Uh, yes. You know, that stuff just gets crazy. Yes. And, and there, there doesn't <clears throat> seem to be um, a standard in place from city to city to city. It seems like depending on what city you're in, there are different rules that apply to you. Oh, and where you are. And, and, and yeah, where yeah. you are in the city. Are you on public property, private property? You know, does someone would, I was walking around LA with, uh, with Ibarrio X and, uh, uh, Ibarrio X pro, you know, friend uh, of the show. Yeah. I don't uh, know that had, guy has a little show called the candid frame. Mm, uh, and, and never heard of it. We were shooting downtown LA and, and uh, happened to be shooting in front of the Orpheum and the Palace Theaters and they came out and said, you, you, can't, you can't shoot these. Yeah. You, you can't shoot these facades. Which without- is completely lo- – like that's, that's not true. According to them, they were, and they—you you can they, take the pictures. He, you can't use them for commercial use, and you know, right. like whatever. But you can't stop somebody from taking a picture of an outside of a building. Yeah, it was wild. You know, especially if you're on public property when you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, we were on the street. This is what, like, rent a cops? Uh, they security from the building, and uh, the manager of the property came yeah. out. Well, I, I, I told you the other day when I, I was taking pictures of like this cool kind of grate on the side of this building in Midtown. Mm-hmm. And this guy came out and he's just like, what are, you know, what are you taking pictures of? And I was like, I just think it looks cool. The diagonal. Great. And he's like, well, this is the air intake for the building. And so I really need to know why you're taking pictures. And I was like, I just thought the diagonals looked cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he didn't believe me. It's called composition. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not. Yeah. I, it, I, I, I'm, I, you're right. I'm standing on the street planning a jihad on this building because come on yeah it's it's right. don't yeah, don't be exactly. don't be like that don't D- be that guy don't be an idiot yeah yeah um <laughs> that happened to me yesterday i met up oh, i'll tell the story later okay. um 
So anyway, so that that was a fascinating talk. Okay, let's uh, let's get on oh, to the big wait, one. Wait, wait, I'm wait, excited wait, about this other one. One 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 more thing. One last All right. thing. Uh, They brought up the fact that Maplethorpe's pictures back in the day, everyone thought that they were so racy because of the stuff with people, things up people's butts and whatever, right? Right. But Maplethorpe also took a lot of pictures of naked children. Yes. And somebody said, you know, it's interesting how censorship changes over time that the, the, the gay sex stuff wouldn't be flinched at nowadays, but that stuff would never be shown because of the kids. Right, like because a, of the association with the other photographs. Uh, no, because just because that they no, just that if you tried to show that body of work now, people would be fine with things of you know adult male butts, but right, they would have a problem. Okay, yeah, but they would have a problem with naked kids, even though right. they didn't have a problem with naked kids in the eighties, and you know, in the art world. So mm-hmm. that the way the fact that things shift was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. what what the Heisler thing? Heisler, yeah, come on, get on that. <clears throat> so I went to see Greg Heisler talk, and it was uh, eight forty five in the morning start time. So I had to like get up there really early, and it's me and maybe I don't know one hundred fifty other people. <clears throat> Three hour session. Uh, Jay, by the way, Jay Mazel was in the the censorship one. Yeah, and he's sitting in front of me in the Heisler one. So nice. Jay's, Jay knows what time it is. And, um, Jay, Jay's been around the block. Jay and I are, yeah. And I was like, yeah. So, um, so, so Heisler gets up there and he walks through basically the 50 portraits in his new 50 portrait book. Hmm. Uh, Walking through setups, how he, he did lighting, stories kind of, of, wow. of getting shot. Yeah. How he did. And then he would like say something sort of techie in the lighting, like, Oh, I use this thing. And then, he, and then he stops himself. He's like, Oh, you guys all right with hearing about that? And everyone's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? So th- this is kind of a masterclass from one of the great photographers. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I don't want to fall into hyperbole or, you know, but it was career changing for me. <clears throat> it was mm-hmm. great. In the, in yeah, the you, sense you, that, you, go ahead. You ca- I was just going to say, you called me after and, and said this, this, I am, I'm reinvigorated about shooting pictures. I am. Yeah. Especially about shooting portraits because of that, because of that talk. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was fascinating. And he told all these like really great stories about, you know, different things that happened. And, and uh, he was telling this one story about, he went to shoot George Bush for time. Uh, Bush one mm-hmm. 41. Is that what he's? Yeah. He's 41, right? 43. Yeah. 41. And, uh, and it was this, it was this shot where he sort of, um, it's a two faced thing where he's looking to the left and he's looking to the right and they're merged into one picture. Okay. He did, he did it in camera on a four by five. Wow. He had two setups. He exposed 10 sets of film, 10 sheets of film on the left, moved them to the other setup. Did, did those same 10 sheets with light coming from the right with him looking to the, you know what I mean? Like looking the other direction. Right. And like, two oh, okay. Th- this was like the, uh, uh, two-headed kind of thing you like newsweek or time, it was time or magazine i think okay yeah okay okay so he took this amazing picture now apparently the whole point of this was that the article was about how bush's international uh stuff was good but his domestic stuff sucked like that okay. was essentially the the, art, the article okay so heisler's like oh we should do this picture with his two face and i'm gonna do this crazy thing because he's heisler and you know he overthinks everything <laughs> <laughs> so he goes there but the results are amazing <laughs> the results are amazing right so he goes and he takes the picture and apparently bush hated the picture because of its association with the article because it made him think like oh he's just this two-faced whatever oh <clears throat> he saw it as a representation of the article okay which technically it was supposed to be right but that's not 
Heisler's, you know, political position or anything like that. He's just doing his job. So he goes there three months later to shoot him again for Esquire for something. And they go to the security gate and the security guy's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Heisler, I can't let you in. Your security clearance has been revoked. (laughs) (laughs) Because of this? Because of this. He finds out he like he finds out later that like it really pissed off the president. And so he's done. Right. Yikes. So he so the, the code of the story is that he goes apparently years later to go shoot George W. Bush in the governor's mansion right before he becomes president. And he goes down to Texas and he's about to go in the room with Bush and Bush's, you know, press secretary, chief of staff, some, you know, high up, you know, henchman is just like, you know, you're not going to play any of that BS with my boss and, you know, like giving him the rundown. Like, what? you know, we know what you did to his dad and. <laughs> Like it was some big conspiracy. Yeah, right? You know, you're not going to do any of that New York stuff down here in Texas. Yeah. And apparently Heisler, which is just so... It's like a movie of the week. Yeah. New New York photographer takes down the president. Yeah, right. And it's it's Heisler, right? Who's like the nerdiest guy ever. I, You know, and if he he listens, anybody knows him, like, I love the guy. I'm not taking anything away from him. Right. But, you know, he's... He's not like cool. You yeah, know what I mean? Not, he's not plotting a coup. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> says, says to the guy, look, I'm about to go in and shoot your boss. Do you really want me in a bad mood? <laughs> and I was like, that's such a pimp thing to say. Right. Right. You know, I was like, good for you, man. Like push back, you know? So anyway, yeah, it was amazing. And you know, it kind of got me thinking, um, <clears throat> you know, he, he talked a little bit about, uh, you know him him taking the kinds of pictures he wants to take and figuring out his his sort of view of the world and you know how he wants to do things and it kind of got me thinking about this idea that you should be the kind of you should you should you should push to be the kind of photographer that you want to be right sure you sure. should you should do what you're good at now some people would say no what you're supposed to do is what you're not good at because you know that makes you better at at at, at doing it right the thing that I don't quite understand about that is that, like, that's like saying, you know, you're really good at basketball, LeBron James. You should really just go play football because, you know. Okay, but isn't isn't there room to do both? Isn't there room to do what you're good at and what people, let's say, what people pay you for, for yep. your professional work? Yeah. But push in different directions oh, within in your that? personal work. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and certainly push in different directions within that. But I'm just saying that there's there's nothing wrong with me, for example, saying, look, I'm a portrait photographer. I don't want to shoot landscapes. I don't want to shoot events. I don't want to shoot street. I okay, want to be sure. really good at portrait photography, and I'm going to go in all kinds of directions within that. Within that, sure. You sure, see what sure. I'm saying? Yep. Um, although, I, I what I loved was hearing your voice after – you got out because you called me literally after you, right after you got out of the thing. And you were, you were so inspired and so excited about what you had seen. And yeah. I think that to a certain degree, we, we have lost that. We have lost that sort of childlike enthusiasm of letting ourselves gush and, and let that gush turn into some sort of creative energy. Yeah. And it was, you know what? It was, it was nice seeing a guy who can talk about his work, who's a, a technical nerd, who uh, sees – he spent the first 15 minutes of, of, the, of the talk showing a video of Arnold Newman, his former boss and idol, mm-hmm. um, shooting him for some uh, – like it was some like BTS thing, some B-roll on, on some, some interview. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was like 10, 10 minutes intercut into interview stuff of him shooting Heisler, who was his assistant at the time, just to like show how he shoots and how he thinks and stuff. And it was amazing. But he, he sees himself as this is a larger practice. This is a pra- I am practicing portrait photography in my life in the same way that somebody practices medicine or somebody mm-hmm. practices golf. If you're Tiger Woods, you know that I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm working at this and I am adding to the larger collective memory, which came from Newman goes through me and moves on to whoever's next. Like the, mm-hmm. this is, this is a larger scheme that I'm working within. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea, and it made me think. You know what? I or somebody in this room might be the next guy, right? Right, and that that is somehow fulfilling to me because he's not standing up there going, "I'm the greatest," and screw all you, right? Which some right. people seem he, like they are. There, there is a there is an acknowledgement that he is a cog in this bigger wheel. Yes, yeah, yeah. and I yeah. I loved that. Now was was Newman oh, he his also, inspiration? Way, oh yeah, yeah, definitely making pictures. Although although I don't think that Heisler's pictures, I think that they're very different than Newman's pictures, but equally good. I mean, there's right. times when there's there's pictures of Heisler's that come out that you're just like, oh, he's, you know, that looks like Newman, you know. Um, no, I guess what I'm saying is, was 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 Newman his inspiration for picking up a camera and wanting to be a photographer in the first place? Not originally, but when he started getting into it, yeah. And then yeah. he he tells the whole story of how he called him cold or sent him a letter. Newman sent him a letter back in Chicago and said, "Look, we only hire people in New York, so you know, sorry." Hmm. And he calls up and says, "Hi, this is Greg Heiser, whatever." He goes, "Didn't you get my letter? And like, didn't you get the message, kid?" And like hung up on him. Really? And Heisler, now see, if this happened to me, I would be like, oh God, I'll never call the guy again. Yeah, right. right, Heisler Heisler, like does the mock hang up of of Newman. He goes, oh, great. Now we have a relationship. Like that's how he saw it. Nice. Now he knows who I am. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And he got, he got on a flight, flew to New York, called Newman from LaGuardia and said, I'm in town. I'd really love to come see you. And that's amazing. He, yeah. That's fantastic. So, I mean, these are, these are the kinds of things. And we talked about, you know, we talked about this. But one of the last things I want to say before we move on a little bit is the fact that he said, you know, some people say, oh, you know, shoot, shoot for the client and then shoot for yourself. You know, that whole thing. Right. He said he never does that. He goes, I shoot what I want for the client. I never shoot what the client expects and then shoot the other thing for myself. I put all my eggs in one basket and shoot what I want. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but it's like sort of the, the idea was that there's none of this pussyfooting around mm-hmm. with, with covering my bases, you know? I mean, isn't that a great, isn't that a great, not Testament, but yeah, you know what it is? Almost, almost oh, go ahead. photography without a net. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's this sort of trusting in, your craft yeah. trusting in trusting in your your mastery of your craft yes and he told stories of times when it almost didn't work out mm-hmm. like where he he was shooting greg luganus jumping off a diving board for like sports illustrated or something and luganus comes and he's just like i'll give you five dives and wow the, f- the first three of them that went by heisler didn't even press the shutter because it was like so fast that he like missed it hmm you know and so, like, there are situations, and I said to him, I raised my hand after this story, and I was just like, you know, have you thought about what you would have done had 
you know, he, he missed all five. And then he was just like, oh, just give me one more. And the guy said, no, 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 no. And then a little kid comes over and says, uh, Mr. Luganus, like, can you get your picture with you jumping with me? And, and Luganus wow. looks at Heisler. He's just like, man, this is your lucky day. Wow. <laughs> and they did one more and it came out like passable. So, huh. you know, I said, what would you have done if you didn't? He goes, I never thought about it. <laughs> wow. Although, wait, here's the best part. I'm sorry I'm gushing about this, but it was such a great talk. Uh, somebody asked, "Does did you ever leave a shoot and feel like you didn't get it? You know, do you ever like leave and go, oh, man, you know, like, what am I going to do? Right. And Heisler said, honestly, and it was really cool because it was like this moment of clarity. He said, I think everything I do is crap. He said, I like, think that not every... pandering, but genuine feeling of I'm still not there yet. Yeah, he was just like, he's like, I leave every shoot. I finish every project, you know, like thinking, wow, I did a really bad job on that. I could have done better. Yeah. Wow. Every time. Wow. You know, in a very, and it wasn't sort of just like, I think everything I do is crap, even though I'm this famous. It was like, it was, it was a, a, a genuine moment of weakness in an otherwise, you know, he, he wasn't, he wasn't standing up there like some sort of, like some of the other people we know who think that they're gods of photography. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? He was standing up there like a guy who's just trying to do a good job and you know what? He's going to do a better job tomorrow. Mm Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. I just, I loved everything about that. So I leave the thing. I call you. It's a great talk. I'm all buzzed. Yeah. And I'm like, Seliger speaking across the hall. I'm going to go see Seliger. Right. So I get in line and Seliger's doing the keynote. So I get into the, to the room and there are three screens set up and a band behind like a semi transparent curtain, like a, like a music band. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know, what is this, like Jay Leno? Yeah. And they start passing along the rows of people, like, here, take one, pass it down. These flyers for the band and that they're available on iTunes. <laughs> right? <What>? And I'm <laughs> like, what is going on here? What, <laughs> what is, like, who allowed them to do that, right? right so I'm, right, I'm right. just like, what? Am I still at the Photo Plus Expo? Like, what, what have I walked into? So Seliger walks right by me with monitors hanging over his ears, like in-ear monitors, like, you know, the, the, right. And, and you're I, thinking, I'm wah, like, wah. oh no, <laughs> he's no. not. <laughs> <laughs> the dude walks up, gets on stage. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Seliger and the such and such band. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> Hand to God, this happened. How many songs did you last before you left? Uh, the beginning of the second song. So they play a song, and it's like this country bluegrass thing. And there is a film being shown on the three screens. The one right in front of them, semi-transparent. And then two on the sides. Not made by Selger or anybody else. Or made by some other guy. You know, like a video for the song that they're so playing. literally no indication... That he's a photographer. No. <laughs> right? And so he finishes the song, and he's like, hey, uh, you know, I, I started working with this band back in... I'm like, what, you think you're Springsteen? Get off the goddamn stage and pick up a camera. No one here wants to hear your band. You are a photographer 
they want to, you know what I mean? At a photo expo. Yeah, like if you want to go play in a band yeah. and you want to record albums it's, it's and put them on Nam. iTunes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Ah. Am I wrong? <laughs> I was just sitting there. I was just like, wait, this is the photo expo and you were supposed to be speaking the keynote about photography, right? <laughs> now, maybe three songs in or maybe two songs in, he stopped and he suddenly turned it into what I thought it would be. Yeah. But I Did walked out of the room. you only had an hour? Oh, yeah, one hour. And they started a few minutes late. So <laughs> I don't know what he possibly could have said, right? <laughs> so I walk out. Like, it's dark, and I'm finding my way past people to get the hell out of the room. <laughs> Largely because it's totally ruining the buzz that I had from yeah, Heisler. Yeah, yeah. Right? Now, some people could say that Heisler and Seliger are sort of both, you know, these monsters of portrait photography. Sure. I walked out of that room and I tweeted, you know, I just figured out the kind of photographer I want to be and the kind of photographer I don't want to be. One of them does not involve a guitar. Right? And look, <laughs> I'm a musician sometimes. Like, I'm, I'm all about multidisciplinary, you know, go yeah, make but, other okay. art. Reversing the roles, if you had the, the, the opportunity to keynote something, would you show up and go, I want to talk about photography, but first a little Beethoven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, I'm going to play the theme song to my podcast. <laughs> dun, 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 yeah, right? I just... I, I, it was... It was... It was... It was embarrassing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Funny. Funny. Oh, God, it was so awful. <laughs> I was like, who are you people? Yeah. Well, um, and like you say, to come off of such an inspirational yeah. uh, uh, session with Greg Heisler and then d- such a dramatic shift in gear. And then everyone's just sitting there taking it. That's funny. I just, I, you know, I, it, was, it was just crazy. It was wrong in so many ways. Anyway, so enough enough about that. I Enough you know. about that. Um but it was it was it was fun, you know, and I saw stuff and met people and had a steak dinner on somebody's dime, which is nice. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, good. Hey, I don't good. have to I don't have to say nice things about them. Even I just, they were very nice people. I I I was I was very excited to hear how excited you were about about your your craft about being reinvigorated because you use that word being reinvigorated about photography. Yeah. And cause I know you've been really struggling the last several months about where you are or are not going and what you should or should not do and, and how you do or don't want to be perceived. So to get some clarity and to get some inspiration on, on what amounts to kind of a fluke, you know, because you didn't know if you were going to go to Photo Plus until kind of last minute. Yeah, I was just like, you know, I don't normally go to those things because I don't care about the gear and stuff. But, that, you know, but that was actually kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have this Heisler book yet? Uh, the portrait book? No. Okay, I'm going to send one to you. No, um, I'll get Just I'll get it. I'll no, get it's, it. it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm in the I'll process. I'll get it. No. You know what? You know what happened? What? It's too late. It's on its <laughs> way to you right now. Um. <laughs> It's a it's a really great book. I'm going to put it in the show notes too because it really is a wonderful book. The pictures are great. He talks about the stories. In the back actually is each picture with the camera he used and the gear he used to light it, mm. which was kind of neat. Very cool. Uh, yeah, it was good stuff. Um, all right, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, you've, you've got something in here that I I think could be interesting about Vivian Mayer, and and you, you, something about it is. It, 
is is that the dream? Is that the the, the yeah. sort of collective fantasy as a photographer? Yeah. Somebody and, somebody recently wrote somewhere about um, that. Apparently, there's a there's a book of self portraits coming out, and they were her. yeah, and yeah. they they were very excited to get it. You know, and 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 I just was thinking about the fact that okay, you have this picture. You have this woman who was completely unknown walking around taking pictures of herself with a rolly or whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now these pictures get found and they're this huge sensation and this woman who is, is has has taken on mythical quantity, you know, qualities. Oh yeah, she's 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 up with or being considered up with some of the great street photographers of all time. Right. And I just thought is this like the ultimate fantasy of all photographers that all, all the sort of sort of clandestine photographers who don't really show their stuff to people who have a camera that that their pictures are going to be so good that fifty years later they're going to be found by somebody at a, at a tag sale and somebody's going to realize their genius mm-hmm. and they're going to be famous, you know? Yeah. Um, fin- I, finally getting their comeuppance. Yes. Yeah. Getting their due. It's it's an interesting notion, and, and I because so many photographers are so sort of introverted and quiet and they're doing this as a way to express themselves. And yet they really never show their pictures to anybody. Right. You know, it's like, because it's the showing that, that crosses the line. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, but, but at the same time, they're aching to have people think that they're good at, that they're good at it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you ever felt that way? Yes. I mean, in terms of, of, of wanting that sort of, of recognition for my work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's, 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 you know, there, there's that, that realization and and it, and it's, it kind of goes to, to what type of person you are. When you, when you realize that you're never going to be Picasso, you have a choice to make. Do you keep painting because you paint for you? Or do you stop because you're never going to be in MoMA or because you think you're never going to be in MoMA? Right. You know, if you're, yeah. if you're making photographs and you're a landscape photographer, are you shooting to, to be referenced along with Ansel Adams? Right. And if you realize that you're not going to be, do you stop shooting or do you say there's a lot of room, there's a lot of headway or headroom between, you know, unknown and Ansel Adams and I can fit in there somewhere? You know, I was thinking about that a lot the other day during the during the uh, the group get together, and one mm-hmm, of our listeners mm-hmm. uh, gave me a ride home. And uh, Terry, thank you. And uh, we were talking. We got into this like you know big philosophical discussion like we do on the show about the stuff. And he was asking me questions about my own work and stuff. And I said, and I kind of came to the conclusion that you know the sort of work that I do, like the the straight portraiture. Mm-hmm. Yes, it has commercial uses. Yeah, it'll be on this, you know, like Cisco put up a thing the other day that my picture of Gladwell was up on the side of a bus that he drove by him. You know what I mean? Like, you right, know, the, right. Yeah, Wasn't okay. it on Kimmel too? Somebody yeah, it was on it Jimmy on Kimmel. Kimmel last week. Yeah. Um, so th- there's all of that, right? That So yeah, I'm successful, quote unquote, in the sense that, you know, people like my work and, you know, I make a living at it. Um, but, you know, no one, unless something drastically changes, no one's going to know who I am in 50 years or 100 years, you know. Mm-hmm. In the same mm-hmm. way, no one's going to know who, other than other photographers, no one will know who Arnold Newman or or Greg Heisler are in 50 or 100 years. They will know that picture of Stravinsky 
or that picture of Bush. Right. right. You know, that picture of Bush may be the picture that goes in his obituary. And people will know that photograph, you know, in much the same way everyone knows that picture of Churchill. No one knows that it was taken by Karsh. Right. Right. Or the fantastic story behind it that got that got the expression. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it you know, he portrait photographers in general, I don't think become famous because they're portrait photographers. I think sometimes their work becomes famous because it's 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 the embodiment of the person they took the portrait of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm okay with that, right? Mm-hmm. I may never be famous to the general public, but maybe one of the pictures I take of some politician or writer or whatever it is ends up being the one that is the iconic picture of that person who's super famous for the next three centuries. Sure. You know, and maybe that's the best I can hope for because the, the art that I choose to make is not the kind of art that gets famous on its own. It's famous because of its subject plus what I add to it. Right. Right. And, there's, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? I've sort of come to terms with that. Well, every, you know, everything you do and every portrait photographer and, uh, yeah, you could argue that every portrait, everything that, that, that you do is a collaboration. Yep. And yeah. as such, you have to bring you to it and, and your subject has to bring them to it. So, so you know, relying on yourself or, or beating yourself up for not getting the shot. Yep. It, it's not just you. Yeah. It, it may there has have, to be a relationship yeah. there. There has to be a connection there for your craft to work. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? I mean, Heiser told some stories about, you know, shoots that didn't go as well, mm-hmm, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes that happens. You know, like I've said before, I mean, there there have been pictures I've taken picture people that I've taken pictures of or sessions that I've had that are fine and there's passable pictures and they're in a magazine, but I don't think that they are special in any way. And sometimes that wasn't my fault, mm-hmm. you know, right. or, or well, rather it's, it's not all entire. It's not entirely my fault. Right. There, There is an active collaboration that has to happen. You're not waiting for the right clouds or the right light, like a, like a, nat, uh, a, a, a nature photographer or a landscape photographer. Yeah. Right. You know, there, there is an active curation of relationship. There's a cultivation of, of connection that has to happen for what you do to really work. Yes, totally. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 yes, but, but, you know, so I will never be, I will never be, have my pictures in a museum because they're my pictures, you know? Well, actually, you know what? I, I, I mean, I, I say don't know that, that I agree with that. Who knows? Maybe it'll happen some retrospective or something like that, but, yeah. but not because of the art that they are, but because of the kinds of portraits they are, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, I've had my pictures in galleries before, whatever, you know, that's, that's, that's a thing, but those are galleries for photography for people like you and me, you know what I mean? They're not for mm-hmm. the general public, you know? Um, a single shot of mine is not going to be on the wall next to Bill Brandt or next to uh, uh, Carter Bresson because those guys were doing – they were photographs of a time and of a place, but they were they – were, their art in the same sense that paintings are art where as much as I want my pictures to look like paintings, they are, they are paintings for hire, not paintings for me. Most sure. of the time. Does that sure. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and so somehow it's different. Like the intent is different there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, that's it's it's anyway. It's just it just cracks me up the idea that the, the amount that people gush over Vivian Mayer and I I like her pictures too, but you know people talk to her like she's the best photographer who ever lived and stuff. And you're like, okay, everyone just calm down a little bit, you know, <laughs> relax, <laughs> you know. I have hidden your Firebird keys, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's just uh, some, that stuff gets out of control, out of control. Yep. Anyway, it does. Uh, we should probably talk about Shutterstock. Shutterstock, huh? Well, you don't like Shutterstock? That old chestnut. Hey, we were wondering in Shutterstock, uh, oh, shoot, what was it? We were making a joke about how many pictures of Jeffrey Sidoris we could get into Shutterstock or of me. Like, I wonder, like, like <laughs> if all these people took pictures of me the other day. <laughs> If, if if I could get some pictures in, in Shutterstock, that would be kind of funny. And then you can make a joke of how many pictures there are of Bill Wadman in Shutterstock. That would be pretty funny. But I think right now the answer is zero. Probably zero. Yeah. How, how many pictures Shutterstock have now? 30 million? Probably like 400 million. No, 30 million. 30 million. Are they uh, at 30 million? Yeah, they're at 30. Wow. Photos, illustrations, vectors, videos. Uh, they've They've got it all. Yeah, and and of course you can always buy these the single images, image packs of a few, monthly subscription packages. They got whatever uh, you need to to fill your need. Uh, they you never have to compromise. You get the big images uh, all for one low price. You need the high res, you got it. Uh, they had twenty thousand new images a day, twelve thousand new videos each week. Who needs Vine who's, when you have Shutterstock? Who's taking all of these videos? That's amazing to me. Twelve thousand videos? Yeah, that's like. Six teenagers. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of true. It's kind of pathetic, but it is kind of true. Yeah, but uh, you know, the prices are low, much more affordable than you think. Uh, and again, you only pay one price. They don't nickel and dime you for the high res stuff. Uh, they got these light box features, so you can put pictures in a light box for for inspiration or for sending to your friends to discuss some ideas. Uh, there's an iPad app. That you can you can do this stuff on, so you can sit on your couch, uh, or you know, uh, in your wheelchair like Jeffrey, and 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 search for the stuff on your iPad. <laughs> I got what? this great iPad mount for my walker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a like a thing over it so that when you when when you spill your food on there, That's right. you can wipe it off? That's right. I could that ensure cleans right up. <laughs> And they, of course, they have. The, everyone knows they have the enhanced license access, so you can you can print it out and, and do a run of prints or swag for a trade show. Yeah. Like, let's like say the photo you want to do. Uh, let's, let's say you want to do your own posters for New York City of drones. You can find almost eighteen hundred. <laughs> Are there pictures of drones? Photos and vectors <laughs> of drones. <laughs> Maybe that's so where you don't the dude even got have to Draw him. your own drone. I think that's where the dude got them. <laughs> Um, that's, that is funny. Okay. Good, good one. Um, yeah, they've, the, the infographic templates and the icons and, and the vectors are as important as the photography to me. Like that's cool stuff. That's the stuff that's hard to find. Okay, uh, honestly, I, you think okay. he used it? I, I'm, I'm looking at a silhouette and it looks remarkably similar. Okay. There you go. So that's where the guy got him. Maybe he bought him from Shutterstock. Um, and uh, of great. course, if you need any help, your account rep does not sleep from Monday to Friday. They have 24-hour support during the week. Yeah, these, uh, these people are dedicated. Yep, and they're there. In fact, 
uh, you know, uh, one of our listeners is, is, is works for Shutterstock and, uh, he was a very nice guy. Isn't that kind of cool that it's you just totally cool. Hey, by the way, yeah. I work for Shutterstock. You know, all the, the guys from, uh, uh, Squarespace work with us or listen to us too. Yeah. It's crazy. We have fans. Yeah. Uh, but sign up for a free browse account, go to shutterstock.com. You don't need a credit card. And, uh, you know, when you find the images that you need and you want to purchase, use the offer code pictures, 1013, that's pictures one zero one three, uh, and uh, you'll get twenty five percent off any package from Shutterstock, and we appreciate their support very much for on taking pictures in five by five. They have four hundred over four hundred videos of drones. <laughs> You're telling me that we can make an entire drone feature? We could we could based make, entirely yeah. on footage yeah. from drones, and then we get some aerial photography to intercut, so it looks like we're yeah. taken from the drones' point of view. Yeah, we could do so, uh, an entire mock presentation <laughs> for the DoD uh, just using Shutterstock. You know what? It's probably been done before. It's it's kind of genius, though, right? <laughs> that is pretty cool. Oh, huh. that's cool. And they got a lot of stuff. You know, uh, <laughs> when I'm over in Italy. I am, uh, you mean you mean later today? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, uh, I'm worried about my back a little bit. Yeah. Well, tomorrow actually. What is it? Twelve hours? Uh, Twelve hour flight? No, 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 no. It's a seven hour flight oh, to yeah, Paris, and then from two, you, from two me. hours. For me, it's twelve hours. Okay, there you go. Uh, and then and then it's two hours from uh, from Paris to uh, Venezia to Venice. Man, that's gonna be great. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Um, I, what I will not do is go up to the top of a wall and fall off and break my legs. I didn't know about this David Dushman thing. I can't believe you never heard about that. This I didn't. And then somebody said to me, don't fall off. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then sent me the link. I think the thing is that I wasn't into photography in 2011. So I'm just kidding. Uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so I, tell me this, cause you've talked to him about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, David, David Dushman is uh, a wonderful travel humanitarian photographer. He's also a fantastic writer. Uh, he's written a number of, of really great books. He's also the founder of Craft and Vision. I mean, the guy's got no shortage of talent. Uh, and, and he does workshops all over the world. And a, f- a couple of years ago, he was doing a workshop in Venice. And uh, I th- actually, I think the wall he, f- he fell from was in Pisa. Pisa, if that's what he said. Memory serves. Yep. Anyway, uh, it, was, it was one of these walls where it's, it's not high on one side, but it is it is pretty high on the other side. Okay, gotcha. You know, so there, there's an elevation difference between the two sides of the wall, and he fell about thirty feet onto concrete, oh. and and you know fractured. I think he got a fractured pelvis, and he broke both ankles. And it, I mean, it was bad news. This re- this is really my nightmare scenario. Hmm. It honestly is. It's like that's terrifying to me. Yeah, I mean, it was it was he was on a like a medevac jet back to Canada. Yeah, I mean, it was it was bad news. See, I never do crazy, dangerous stuff like that when I'm taking pictures. Um, that just scares the crap out of me. You know, Heiser was telling that story of Rudy Giuliani standing on the edge of the top of the rock, you mm-hmm. know, at Rockefeller Center to get this picture for time. Mm-hmm. And Giuliani is like three feet away from the edge and it's 44 floors down. Yeah. You couldn't pay me to get up there. One interesting or, or thing. What, what, the, the McNally going up to the top of the empire state building with the, with yeah. the guys that or, changed the light bulbs. Screw that. The top of the Burj Dubai. 
yeah, McNally yeah, yeah. went up on. And I saw McNally the other day. He is not, you know, particularly in good shape, that guy. So, like, the idea of being in a hot, like, that would be scary to me. Scary. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's... <sighs> some people just have no fear of heights, and I guess I just have an extreme fear of heights. So, the idea of going out there, harness or no harness, it's like, what are you, out of your mind? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You trust a piece of fabric with your life? Then again, I'm trusting, you know, a bunch of guys paid by the lowest bidder with my life uh, later today. So. May I read something from, from this? This was from the first article when, when David first fell. Because he, sure. he is a really wonderful writer and there is, there's something good here. He says, there's a deep strength in failure. It's a gift to fall down and get up. Coddle a child and don't let him eat a little dirt or lick the occasional frog. And that child never develops the kind of immune system that keeps him strong. It's the same with our character. Failure builds immunity, gives us strength, makes us familiar with the actual possibilities that come from risk, and robs our fears of the power that comes from the unknown. The more you fail and learn from those lessons, the less frightening future failures appear. As with risk, failure for failure's sake isn't the point. It's a waypoint, a portal through which we pass. To return to the idea of living a good story, think back to your favorite stories. The good ones require the protagonist to risk. The epic ones, the ones that really move us, require the protagonist to risk it all. They don't do so for the sake of the risk itself. They do so because the price of not doing it is so high. Without risking it all, the village will certainly be destroyed, or the love of their life will certainly be lost. Risk is not the point, nor is failure. He writes just like you. Uh, I wish I could write as well as he does. No, you write, that's what you sound like. Nah, well, thank you. You know, when you're reading his writing. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, you, you, do, there it is. <laughs> you do sound like that. That's exactly what you sound like when I, you write your I stuff. I wish I could write as well. As okay, you know what? Pull out something you've written and let's just hear it. <laughs> nah, I'm not going to do that. Like, come on, let's uh, get your bio out. We have uh, oh 45 God. minutes left. <laughs> we, we might be able to fit it in. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, you know... You man, you missed a good time the other day of 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 making fun of you. That was a good time. I I I, I wish I could have been there. Hey, uh, what do you think about this guy who took the selfies? This for, is a, this is back in the day, right? This is yeah, not nineteen eighty one millimeter film camera. Yeah, so he set up a sixteen millimeter film camera. Uh, Teshing Heshe, mm-hmm. maybe say Teshing say. Say, yeah, C- I'm terrible say H- with pronouncing. H-S-I-E-H. Yeah. So in 1981, he's an artist, and he took... Uh, he had a, 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 a 16-millimeter film camera set up and took one frame of it per de- per hour, right? Right. Punched for, a time clock right. and, and took, a, took a frame an hour for a year. For a year. So that means he woke up every hour to take a picture. And then went back to bed and woke up, you know, if he needed to sleep. Yeah. For a year, Jeffrey. So the picture is next to him, next to a, a, a time clock, like a punch, you know, clock in thing, like a work clock. And he punched in every hour and took the picture. Right. Um, and it shows him like growing his hair out because of it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the whole thing. See, this is performance art that's actually cool. Does that make sense? Yeah, this, this is an it, well. It's two things. It's amazing to see the frames strung together in a film. Yes, but then as part of the exhibit, they've also made prints of every frame. 
Yes. And they're hanging these prints. So, so it becomes these, in, these incredibly subtle differences, if they're even perceptible. Yep. It, yeah. it becomes a body of work that, that, is, that is dependent on a timeline to work. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah, it's I, I love this. I think this is fantastic. You know, and, it's and just, you know, like the other performance art we've talked about before, where it's like you know somebody living in a box and pooping in a in a, in a bucket, and you know, yeah. I mean, like no these interest. these these things that are they're they're gross in order to get noticed. You know what I mean? Uh, like I, I'm not saying that that's easy. It's also hard, but like it doesn't need to be that visceral. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there, there's something, there's something profound in the simplicity of this. Yes. Yeah. I just, I liked it. I liked yeah. the idea that this guy was, was making that kind of art. Um, yeah. and this came out of a, a, an article. I think it came out of this article. Yeah. Uh, of, of my, uh, my sister sent me called the, the writer as meme machine on the New mm. Yorker. Okay. I'm, gonna put, I'm also going to put it in the show notes. It came out uh, last week. Uh, and it's just, it's just, it's interesting just talking about how, how art changes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, I, I love how he, says, he speaks about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what does the guy say? He says, art is not a career. It's my life. Yes. So it's not an end game. It's not, it's not so someone can call you an artist. Right. Or it's not some moniker that you can, you know, comma artist after your name. It's, it's, he's looking at this as his life is a work of art. Yeah. And you know what? Ultimately your life is a work of art. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a guy, they say in here, there's a guy who secretly taped all of his conversations for three years and a woman who documented every morsel of food that she's put in her mouth. Um, while some of these people aren't consciously framing their activities as art, Weschler just uh, argues that what they're doing is so close to the practice of 60s conceptualism that the connection between the two can't be ignored. Hmm. You know, uh, people are reclaiming found poetry and uploading it to and and making books on Lulu with it. You know, stuff that they find pieces of paper Hmm. written up Um, that, you know, this kind of goes back to the whole thing of like everything's been done before in some way, you know, and that like, you know, all these hipsters thinking that they're coming up with this new stuff. There were people back in the 50s and 60s who were doing the stuff who were actually might have been doing it for the first time, right. you know, because it was really twisted stuff. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting. So I'm going to put I'm going to put this in the show notes, too. Uh, yeah, man. I could you imagine getting no. up every hour no. getting your picture taken? Screw that. That's 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 just crazy talk. I don't yeah. know. Um, what else we got? Uh, what you, you've got something in here, release in pieces or all at once. What's that about? You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this last week and then the other day, Andre de Jesus, uh, one of our Twitter followers wrote me and said, uh, when you do a photo series like panels, motion or drabbles, do you release one at a time or wait for the full collection to be done? And it's funny that he said that because I put this in the show notes before he asked me the other day. So hmm. I'd, I'd been kind of thinking about this myself. And in the past, I, I finish and I will post them and then sort of wrap them into a collection at the end. Um, and I wanted to see what you thought about that. You know, this, it's interesting. Um, 
television is a good example of what's happening with, with how people want to consume media. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you, not so many years ago, you watched an episode of your favorite show and you had to wait a week and then watch another episode and then you wait a week and then you watch another. Now the model is changing and it's, it's partially due to, to people like HBO and Netflix where they're releasing the entire season and letting you consume that media how and when and how fast and where. That probably where. started when they started putting TV shows out on video and DVD. Yeah. I mean, I... I Watch I all to, the Sopranos on DVD, you know? Yeah. A friend of mine would wait. He was a big 24 fan, and he would wait until the season came out, and he would binge watch the entire season. Yeah. So I... I well, 24 I see, especially. <laughs> yeah. I can see the value in releasing things all at once, especially if it's a body of work that, that is a related body of work that really benefits from seeing the whole. Yes. Okay. Um, but I, I don't think that, that, that it's, I, I think it's project by project. I don't think that waiting until you've got 15 portraits to release and then releasing 15 portraits is necessarily the way to go when there might be just as much value in releasing one and people go, wow, I can't wait to see what he does next or she. Yeah. And I mean, like that's when I do those things at, at Christmas time, you know what I mean? And I'm putting them up every day and you get, you know, my, I get a lot more traffic on my site because people are like, oh, what's next? You know, it's like a, mm-hmm. it's like a mm-hmm. advent calendar. Sure. <laughs> An advent calendar of photography. There you go. Um, and, but the problem with that is that d- does it dilute the impact uh, of the series, if you're trying to say get press or get noticed for the series, you know, uh, you don't see each picture that Crudson takes as he's taking them. You see right. the show at the gallery, and that's the first you see of him. Right. You see. You see only a body of work. You right. Don't see an individual photograph. So typically. is there a, is there a bang sense to that? You know where where you're getting so much. That, that, that getting it all in one go has an impact that seeing them individually does not. Maybe. I mean, I, I think, I think it depends on the project. I think it even depends on the medium. Yeah. Um, one of the, the, the musicians that we talked about a little bit before the show that I, that I really like example a, too. music. Go ahead. Guy called David Sylvian, who uh, was a former front man of a band called Japan, but has made. Japan's the, a country, Jeffrey, not a band. Oh, maybe that's why they never went anywhere. He was the premier uh, of Japan. Got he it. was the premier okay. of Japan. That's right. <laughs> yeah, um, they, they were, you know, kind of this new romantic pop band in the 80s. But he's made the last 25, 30 years of his career now has been built on collaborating with other artists. And, and much of his career has been releasing one-offs. One single collaboration, whether it's one song or one art project or one photo exhibit, they're a series of one-offs that when you step back or when you let enough time pass, so we're back to that, that, that concept of timelines, when that timeline is stretched out a little further, you, you see a body of work, but you only see it if you stay around to see it. Okay, I got you. You know, and I find, I find, I find that very interesting that, that I don't check his site every day but I check it, you know, every month, every couple months, and there's always something new there that's been added to his body of work. But often it's only a single project or even a single song. 
But you also admit that he is not a particularly successful, financially successful artist. But yeah, if we qualify it in terms of finances, pro- you know, yeah, he's not. He's so, not I mean, up there yeah, with. You th- know. There are there are different perspectives of this, right? And one right. of them could be: look, if your aim is to get pressed, get noticed, get people to purchase the thing, or you know what I mean, like buzz, right? Well, you know, there's arguments for both sides, but you could certainly argue that like storing them up and then releasing them all at once, like an album, you know, musicians don't put a song out at a time. Right. Most of the time, you know, they get a collection of songs and they put out a whole CD or a whole album. Um, so yeah, you could go either way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, man, that's- I like seeing how things come together. I, I, I that's, that's a, a, a I, my, I guess my problem with it is that if, if, People are watching, like me do, my Drabble stuff. I was posting those each day, right? So I did 30 of them in 30 days when I did them a few years ago. And that people are watching and, and you get to the end, you're like, okay, here's my Drabble series. And they go, yeah, we've seen them already. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, I saw that one. Oh, I've seen all these. You know, there's not a, wow, look at all 30. You know what I mean? Like that, that mm-hmm. somehow one at a time makes it feel like it's you know what it is it's it's like it's like um you know when you get like a bowl <laughs> good example when you get a bowl of candy and you're eating it a bite you know like oh i'm gonna have a butterfinger out of this little bowl and then all of a sudden a month later the bowl's gone and you ate all the candy if somebody said to you at the beginning of the month here's this giant bowl of candy eat it you'd be like oh my god it's a lot of candy <laughs> you right, know right, right where where if you're eating it a bunch of the time oh, it's gone like oh i used it all up you yeah. know yeah um it's a it's a very different experience, and I I understand from the point of view your point of view that 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 watching the art progress is interesting in itself. But is that only interesting to other artists? Maybe I, I think the, the 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 sort of general public or the general populace might be interested in okay, give give me the whole thing and let me go through it the way I want to go through it. Yeah, I like seeing how the directions change. I like having you know conversations with you about you know, I'm going in this direction or, you know, maybe I'll take it this direction. That, that is the juice for me. I, I don't say weak ass stuff like that. Oh, don't you? No. Am I, am I confusing you with somebody else? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. You know, I, I, I like, I like seeing a progression and knowing the stories behind the progression, but that's just me. I'm a big fan of story. I'm a big fan of narrative. Um, I think if, if, you know, you, you, if you released a book a chapter at a time, it probably wouldn't do very well. Uh, true. Yeah. But then again, flip side, you know, I read this, uh, this book, The Martian, all about a guy who gets stranded on Mars when the rest okay. of his crew like leaves thinking he's dead and he actually survives. And it's, it's uh, a book about how he survives without contact to Earth and, you know, how he gets air and food and he figures it all out. And it's fascinating. And apparently it got optioned for a movie recently, or, you know, this hmm. kind of stuff. But it was originally written as a series of blog posts. No kidding. Yeah. So. Interesting. You, you know, there's. Look, there, the problem is with the Internet, there are a number of examples of absolutely any situation you can come up with. Mm-hmm. There are situations of people who get their stuff discovered and become famous. There's pictures. There's examples of people who put all their stuff up and no one ever reads it. You know, there's, right, there's, right. there's none of it makes any has any rhyme or reason. You know, I don't know it's cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I, I tend to put my stuff out, but you know what? I think in the future, like I'm going to, I'm kind of formulating a new project, a new series, and I'm thinking of holding it back and just go boom, you know, drop Here it, it all is. at once. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. I haven't decided. Well, you, you, I mean, up, up to this point, you, you put out, uh, singles or, you know, two at a time. I tend to, yeah. Or I know there are projects where I I put brackets around them at the end. Right. It might be interesting to hold off and do, here is a new body of work, whether it's a dozen pictures or 50 pictures or six pictures, but, but here is a complete thought or idea or concept. Yes, of course. You take it away. Yep. Here's the question though. Here's, this is sort of a little, little twist. If let's say I decide to do a series and I have these ideas and I take these pictures and I say, take a dozen and you know, one or two of them didn't come out as good as I wanted them to be. If I remove those from the collection and don't ever show anybody, you know what I mean? Is, is that does, does not putting them out every day allow you more editing time to cull and perhaps even remove embarrassing mistakes? See, I, I don't, first of all, I don't think you would put up anything that's embarrassing or an obvious mistake. I think there would be photos that might not hit the mark that you wanted them to be. Okay. And is that, is that okay? Is it okay to remove them from the series? If you I say no, to, you I, say I, no. I, I want to see I, I, there, there's an obsession and I think it's an unnatural obsession with everything having to be perfect. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I, I want to see, just put them up because maybe the only person that, 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 that thinks that those two or three or four photographs didn't hit the mark is you. But for everybody else that sees them, maybe, maybe their interpretation is different than yours. And it, it's a perfect step from photograph four to photograph six is photograph five. But you have taken out photograph five because you feel that it didn't make the mark. It was but inferior. to someone else, right. yeah, to someone else, it may be absolutely perfect. Right. There are it 36 pictures in my Drabble series. There are four or five that I sometimes don't put up. Yeah. I, when I show I the collection tend of people. to think, put them all up. Okay. You know? Even though, even though, you know, the weakest link, you know what I mean? You know, uh, Heisler showed us 50 photographs, 50 portraits. He didn't show us, you know, those 50 are the 50 that he wants to show me. They're not 50 random portraits. Sure, but, but they're, they're 50 that work for him. <clears throat> yeah. I may look at them and go, yeah, I liked 40 of them, but there were 10 that just didn't ring true for me. Yeah, it's funny. The one that's on the cover is a nice picture, but I don't see it as anything special for him. But he loves it because it's on the cover. Interesting. Uh, is this, oh wait, which, which one is, hold on. It's a picture of, it's a, it's a picture of Muhammad Ali's masseuse guy, like holding his face, cradling his face. Oh, okay. Yeah. I do know that one. I mean, it's a beautiful photograph, but I, you know, it doesn't do anything for me particularly as, you know, apparently the guy had a sore on his lip that he was covering up and he didn't want to get his picture taken. And Mm -hmm. so while Heiser was setting up and just about to start taking pictures, the guy sort of covered up his thing and like, and put his hand next to his head. See, like embarrassingly, I, and the guy was like, "Do not move." <laughs> I I love that photograph. I love the hands. Yeah. yeah, I think it's beautiful. But I, it's like okay, it doesn't necessarily scream Heisler to me, which is okay. you know, like it's not signature in that way. Uh, I think that one could could also be Karsh. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. Which is fine. Cribbing the greats is you know, what is it? A great artist steal. What's the first half of that quote? 
Bad artists copy, great you know, artists steal. I'm, I'm completely drawing a blank now. You know what I'm talking about, though? <laughs> yeah, I do know what you're talking about, but I'm just blanking it's out It's the on Picasso it. quote that, what's his name, that Steve Jobs always said, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, artists steal. Let's good, look it up. Good artists Good steal? artists copy, great artists steal. Ah, okay. But then there's well, some question of whether or not Picasso ever said that. Of course, you know what? In history, it's going to get attributed to Steve Jobs and not the guy, <laughs> not the guy who actually made stuff. Right, <laughs> drives me nuts. And let me tell you something. I've decided because I had to update Conrad's uh, phone yesterday. Hold on, hold on. Open bracket. Apple rant. <laughs> I had to. I had to. Uh, we, we got both of our phones unlocked so that we can buy SIMs when we get there, so we can use data and not have to spend like forty three hundred dollars. Oh, okay. Um, Wait, did the carrier do that for you or do you have to you take call it to AT&T part? and you, well, I mean, I guess there are ways to illegally quote unquote do it, but we called AT&T and said, look, we're going out of the country. We need to use Sims over there. Like, you know, unlock us and they give you the runaround for a while, but eventually they allow you to do it. But what you have to do is they go, they flip a switch and then you have to restore your, you have to back up and restore your phone for it to reset hmm. for some reason. I don't know why. Um, so I did that to my phone the other day. And then this morning I realized that I never did it to Heather. So we, we, I plugged it in and did it, but it won't let you restore to iOS six, even though Heather didn't want to go to iOS seven. Oh, right. So it's a forced upgrade. Yeah. So I was just like, I, yeah, I mean, there may be a way to do it, but I was just like, Heather, you know, we have to do this now. So you're going to have to deal with it. Right. And once you're, and once eventually, you're seven, and you know, what, you eventually you're going to have to go to it anyway. So like, you know, yeah, why not? Just a matter of time. So uh, it was kind of sad saying goodbye to iOS 6, though, for the last time. You know, it's because I don't have any other devices that have it on it. So it's sort of like, oh, it's going... Your iPad is 7 as well? I don't have an iPad anymore. I sold oh, it. that's right. You got rid of it. My mistake. Um, but um, so I, I, I reset it and, and, and I come back. Uh, I go to the gym. I come back and I'm like, is everything working all right? And she says, she's just like, this, this phone is making me sick. And I was like, oh, I can turn off the motion. Go oh, turn the, off the motion, motion right? yeah. And she's yeah. just like, this is so ugly. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I, and it just, it, you, my decision has been made that Johnny Ive can build very beautiful objects, but he is crap at design <laughs> and they really should just bring in a graphic designer to be the, you know what I mean? Putting him in charge of both software and hardware is not a good idea. Like get somebody who is as good as him at visual stuff and they yeah. can partner up and they get along. Yeah. But it's like it's it's like having an engine designer design the outside of the car or the vice versa. You know what I mean? It's like, no. Uh, you know, the person who designs the displays on the console of a car should not be the same person who designed the outside of the car. Right. Like, they're two yeah. different disciplines. And being they're good at one is not being... Yes, exactly. They're very inconsistent. Anyway. You need to bring in, like, G-Monk or something. The guy that did... Uh, all the displays for uh, Oblivion or, yes. or the guy that did Tron. Yeah. Why don't they hire uh, that name? guy? What's his name? Cause he makes a lot more money doing it for movies. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Cause he's really good and he doesn't have time to work on Apple stuff. <laughs> cause, uh, yeah. oh, oh, cause he's, he, cause he's not a knight. Right. <laughs> anyway, it's like that, huh? <laughs> End Apple rant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. End Apple rant. Um, all right, we have anything left? What's left? Yes, we, 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 the Stephen Shore thing you wanted to talk about. You like that article? Uh, I, I like Stephen Shore, but I think uh, I'd, I'd like to kind of flesh out what we were talking about before the show because I think you make a very valid point about this type of photography in general that's very dependent on... Well, well on, let's, let's start with why do, you, why do you like Stephen Shore? 
I like the way it feels. Because we've talked about him before. I think we did like a five tips from Stephen Shore or something. Thing yeah, I, I the like the way his work feels. Okay. But as you pointed out, part of, part of why it feels that way is that, that environment, that, that mid-70s, you know, time frame that he was shooting in New Jersey or New York yeah. or whatever. Same thing like we, we you know, yeah. any, any of the guys that are shooting classic color in New York. Uh, yeah, it's like Salt Lighter in the 50s, Stephen Shore in the 70s, that like their, their work is very much of that time because of the environment that was around them at that time. Yeah, you know Eggleston's picture of of the, the the back of the woman's head at the diner. Yep. You know, if if she just had, you know, sort of the regular, you know, current hairdo, it wouldn't work. But it would because be completely she's uninteresting. Yeah, but because the dress that she was wearing, the vinyl of the booths, the 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 sort of beehive hairdo, that's what makes that photograph work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there we again we come back to timeline. We come back to, you know, your your work. Where it sits on the timeline is is very much a factor in, in or can be very much a factor in how successful it is or how 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 long lasting it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can look at, you know, Lighter's recent work or later work and it all definitely it's like, oh, yeah, that's definitely a soul lighter picture. But that doesn't mean that it feels the same as the stuff from the 50s, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in much the same way that Stephen Shore's newer stuff doesn't quite feel the same as the stuff in the 70s and nor should it. Right. I mean, it's not that. But I also think that it's not necessarily quite as successful as art because the times have changed. Maybe. You know, if somebody was shooting Karsh pictures today of, you know, a guy in a modern, like, you know, in a suit from Hugo Boss, it wouldn't feel the same if it wasn't, you know, the guy in the, you know, Hemingway in a fisherman's sweater, you know, being all gruff. And as you said, right. you know, there's that those generations of men where men were men. You know, yes, men aren't men anymore that way. You know, you could take similar portraits of maybe the Boston Red Sox with their beards. Yeah. Did that just fall flat on you? That's a, that's a baseball, right? Yeah. Baseball reference. That's, that's, that's one of those sports balls. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. (laughs) Just for the record. I hope they lose tonight. Anyway. Um, I don't know. I, I think, yeah. And the, the title of this article is, uh, then I found myself seeing pictures all the time. Stephen Shore's photos will make you uh, put away your camera phone. And, you know, he uses an 8x10 view camera. Um, right. He said, uh, he, he, Shore's told Fade on, quote, I no longer was pointing at something in the world saying, look at this. I was creating a little world that a viewer can move their attention through without directing it. And I think that's valid. I, I, and, and look, I, I think that they're, I think a great example of someone who, who still does that um, is Crudson. Yes. Although his are so put together, right? Yes. He's, he's crafting. It's, it's, it's not a world of happenstance. His is a world of craft. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. this is something where every detail has been thought about. Everything has been, yeah. you know, 
manipulated or, you know, or you know it's funny in this article it says uh, the show's a reminder however that before Shore adopted large format camera he was making visual diaries in which he took a snapshot of every meal he ate person he met or bet he slept in much like wow. the thing we were talking about before yeah cool yeah. I was it was totally baffling then I uh, then to almost everyone who saw it Shore laughed today though the snapshots feel familiar they look like photo Instagram without the forgiving filters yeah. The writer Lynn Tillman described the photos as, quote, close up, sometimes tawdry, even abject. Jeff Dyer, friend of mine, in his book, The Ongoing Moment, awarded them, uh, awarded one of them, quote, the prize if such existed for the most disgusting picture of a bed. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a disgusting picture of a bed. Look. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, his stuff is is very much I he, he I love Stephen Shore's pictures sometimes in much the same way, who was the uh, landscape photographer we talked about with the, uh, the German guy or whatever the, Oh, that I said, the, looks the, like the Gersky. The Rhine. Oh no, no, no. Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about? The mines yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't remember now. And I said how apparently in disagreement with some of the listeners that I, if you showed this picture to somebody who doesn't know about photography, they think it was a snapshot. Mm hmm. So, I also feel like if you went out and found was, was it Bertin- it wasn't Bert oh. Bertinsky yeah it might have been was it Bertinsky might have been Bertinsky uh, that if you went down and rummaged through the drawers of somebody who lived in Asbury Park and pulled out a picture of like that they took with their little Instamatic and made it the same size assuming quality was the same of you know the the, the print that I don't know if the average person could tell the difference between this and just some guy who took a picture of his car sitting you know what I mean in a parking mm-hmm. lot mm-hmm. now. That doesn't mean that I wouldn't or somebody who is into this stuff wouldn't look at it and go, oh, that's a lovely photograph and that one's not. But I'm just saying I don't know that the average public would know the difference. Right. Um, you know, you look at these pictures and you're like, OK, it's telephone poles. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Some of the response is and. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, and and that's that's not a I mean, it's a rip, but it's not a it's not meant to be a rip. It's just a mm-hmm. it's a discussion, you know, uh, I have to go. And some of these pictures are kind of cool. This picture of Badlands down the bottom is amazing. Yeah. I mean, Badlands is weird. Talented, talented shooter. I, I really do like a lot of his we, work. We haven't done him as Photographer of the Week. Maybe we'll do that next time. Yeah. Um, who is our Photographer of the Week? Uh, our Photographer of the Week is uh, Greg Heisler's former boss, Arnold Newman. Arnold Newman. I can't believe we haven't done Newman yet. I'm really kind of surprised as we were looking through the list. Uh. Yeah, but it's not on the list, right? We haven't done it. Nope. nope, not that I'm aware of. 79 in, and we get to Arnold Newman. Now, a lot of people know the famous picture of Stravinsky, right? At the piano, right? Yeah. And um, I made the joke the other night that that the original negative of that uh, is uh, is not that shot. Like, that was cropped in post. Mm-hmm. And apparently, um, somebody said, I was, I was talking to somebody about it the other day. I think it was somebody at one of my, one of the meetings I went to. Um, and they said, yeah, you know, I heard him speak once and he said that he had planned to do that all along the crop, but that he kept the, the camera where it was because of the perspective. Ah, okay. But I'm not sure that I believe what do you, it. Do you, you don't buy that? Well, you look at the, I mean, I think that the crop, I think if somebody went into the dark room with that negative and did that crop was messing around and came out, the they'd be like, oh, that's awesome. 
you know. Mm-hmm. But you look at the the overall picture and you're like, okay, if that's really what he was doing, he would have shot it a little differently than he is. Like the crop is off to the side a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's a uh, it's interesting. Um it's a beautiful shot though. So, it's the shot where the the uh the the top of the piano is up and he's down Stravinsky's way down in the left-hand corner. Right. Uh it looks almost abstract, you know. A lot of his pictures are like that. Where you're looking like through something at mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. or around the corner of something. The famous picture of Krupp who runs the the factories in Germany where he lit it from below or from the sides where Krupp looks like all creepy, like he's some sort of evil henchman. It looks like a propaganda poster. An anti-Krupp propaganda poster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I bet you he never... I, I bet you his security <laughs> clearance was revoked. <laughs> You're done, Newman. <laughs> <laughs> Newman. Hello, Newman. Yeah. Uh, great picture of Jackson Pollock, too. You see that one? Yes. The color uh, one? I, I put in the show notes, and maybe we can you can keep that in there. There's a... a, a profile of 25 artists that he did photos of and it's like you know frank lloyd wright and i am pay and you know ansel adams ayn rand oh, yeah, uh, that's that's exactly what i was looking for perfect miro that's the juice yeah uh i will add it to the show notes uh by the way uh five by five dot tv slash otp slash seven nine will get you the show notes um i like you know what i like about his uh portraits his artist portraits too mm. is that He's not afraid to dump somebody down the bottom of the frame and have other stuff in the in the picture. You know, he's not afraid to have, uh, 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 you know, in, in the picture of, for example, uh, of, um, Man Ray. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, you know, there's a light switch on the wall and you know pipes and a broom. Like, you know, he's not afraid to, yeah, have it look real, even though he himself admits that he messed around with stuff. Like he'd move stuff around the rooms and stuff to get things lined up. Um, I love the one of Arthur Miller where you can kind of, he, he's kind of off to one side and you can see maybe a table reading or a rehearsal or something going on on, yeah. on the right side. Yeah. 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 These are actually amazing. Yeah. God. See, these are the kinds of portraits I want to take, but at the same time, see this, these do not look like, Heisler photographs to me. So even though Heisler was his his mentor and his uh his boss and his his uh other way around. Newman was Heisler's. Oh, that's that's what I meant. Yeah. He was Heisler's, you know, boss and 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 sort of inspiration. It also doesn't feel that way. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't look like he's just copying. He's not just right. the next step down. Right. He's not just saying, you know, how how would Newman do it? Exactly. Yeah, his yeah. pictures look nothing like them. But he understands that it's all the same. He's working on the same task. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's lovely that way. I yeah, like these that. Are, these are beautiful photographs. Uh, Arnold Newman. Uh, anything else you want to say? Before I go uh, to JFK? Before you jet off to, uh, to uh, Europe? Hey Jeffrey, I'm leaving on a jet plane. I know, and I don't know when you'll be back again. <laughs> Do people listen to the show and just go? <laughs> there's a collective groan. eye roll. Yeah, there's just like Ugh. everyone just groans. Yeah, saccharin. They're like, who are these guys? Yeah, yeah. Wow, they're annoying. Uh, uh, hey, podcast at on taking pictures. Yep. If you uh, would like to get a hold of us, that'll send us an email. That'll send us an email. Uh, Bill tweets at Bill Wadman. I tweet at Jeffrey Sidoris. True. 
Uh, you can find stuff about photography on fadedandblurred.com. You can find Bill's blog at ontakingpictures.com. Yep. You can, uh, you can leave a review or a rating on iTunes. You can even call us if you want to. What's that, what's that phone number? Uh, 347-687-9411. 347-687-9411. Uh, and if you're not uh, part of it yet, go uh, go join the uh, the Google Plus group. There there is some really great stuff uh, yeah, being shared get, up there. You might get invited to a free dinner. You you might very well. Yeah. Uh, what, let me look. What are we up What are we up to on the on the Google Plus community? Close to seven hundred. Close think. to seven hundred members. Yeah. So and and. A really wonderful degree of of communication and sharing and feedback and uh, uh, oh Dave Flynn nice shot Dave Flynn uh, dog napping are you actually talking about pictures from the group on I am the show, talking about pictures from the on group. the show that is for the group that is for the show ah <laughs> uh, uh, Millie nice shot uh, really yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm just scrolling Wait, okay down. okay Look, you know what if we're doing this which picture is the one you like. I've been gone for a little while, you know. Which is the uh, one? Dave Flynn, Dog Nap. Oh, I like that one. That's nice, right? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Jason, uh, nice. Either was that Sunrise? Yeah, nice. Uh, I'm just scrolling down. That's all I'm doing. This uh, this this could go on forever. So how about we wrap this up? We we should wrap it up. Hey, look, there's Bill. Bill's photo on the side of a bus. Woohoo! Hey, look at there's all the people who came to the little get together out See? in front of the Swan Bar. That's awesome. Yeah. Including Freddie. Freddie Clark. Yeah. And Fielding. And Fielding, friend of the show. Uh, so, okay, so we got podcast five by, uh, podcasts at ontakingpictures.com. You got that. You got all the yep. contact information. Show notes five by at five.tv slash OTP gets you to the show slash 79 gets you to this show. Yep. And uh, we, we are you going to call in from from Europe? Are we going to you want me to record a little a little something if you call in? That would be cute. I'll see what yeah. I can do. But uh, but I will I get back I think Tuesday night next week. Okay, so next week's show will be probably probably on Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday. I just got an email from a client asking me if I could do a shoot on Wednesday. Wednesday's the sixth, right? Uh, so so yeah. Sure. So I will. Uh, so let me see what I can do. But yeah, we'll we'll have a show next week too. It might be a day or two late. Okay, safe trip. Thank you very much, and uh, All right. we'll see you on the uh, Have a good week, everyone. Try to make it right